Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and joining me this week again is Andrew O'Hara. Thanks for joining me, Andrew. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Now, we have just some quick news bites. There wasn't any huge news, but uh, there is something that I think everyone has been waiting for. Andrew, I think you were probably the most excited about this, which is that Quibi finally brought AirPlay support to its (laughs) app. That's it. That's all I'm saying about it. That is true. That (laughs) It should have been there. Since the beginning, yeah. but I, I do, there's a few good shows on Quibi. I do really like it, but I think it's kind of just in a weird spot right now. I'm all about the different streaming services. Uh, you know, HBO Max just launched as well, right. which is a big thing, which dropping support for Apple TV channels kind of makes me sad, but right. they have all the different profiles and everything. And I know they want anyone that has the different profiles and stuff like Netflix does and some of the others, it's, yeah. it makes more sense to launch it in their own apps and they are supporting Apple's TV app. So it does pop up into your dream. That's right. And HBO Max doesn't have like the entire Friends catalog. It's actually a huge catalog. It has the entire yeah. series of Big Bang Theory. It has right. all of Friends. It has uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is randomly there, of course, uh, through <laughs> Warner Media. It's got all the Harry Potter films it's launching with. Like, it's got a good chunk of film, plus obviously all of HBO, which is already a you know great catalog there. Right. And I know I was seeing in our internal Slack Wesley was trying to figure out how it integrated with, with AT&T because I have an AT&T plan where I get HBO Go now. HBO, <laughs> I get Go. You get Go, and now you also get HBO Max. You get that now. 15 bucks a month for HBO Max. Not one of the cheaper services, but again, huge catalog. No, but I mean, it's all of it's all of HBO, and people were already paying for HBO now. So HBO, right. because this is so confusing, HBO Go is the mobile version if you have it for your TV through your TV subscriber. So if you have DirecTV or whatever and you're getting HBO Go or you're getting HBO, you could use HBO Go. Then if you didn't want it on your TV at all, you weren't getting it through anything else. You were just buying the virtual or digital subscription to it. 15 bucks a month, HBO Now. Right. And then now there is HBO Max which is somehow coinciding with like all of the other ones. So if you had HBO Go, you get access to HBO Now. And HBO or HBO Max. Yeah, see? HBO <laughs> Now is still existing. Like you can choose to just do HBO Now even though it lacks all of the other content you get from HBO Max, but it costs the same amount of money. Yeah, this is hilarious. I just found the HBO Now subscribe page. $15 a month mm-hmm. for HBO Now. And then at the bottom it says looking for HBO Max, click here. And you can do that instead, which HBO plus a lot more. Yeah, HBO has to pare down some of this terminology. Yeah. For me, it worked just fine. Like I just signed in, like I went to my Apple TV, opened the HBO Max app, which just replaced the HBO Nat or Go app that I had before. Yeah. Just opened it up, signed in with my TV provider. It did say I had to jump online to finish setting up. Mm. So I just went to the HBO Max website where it had me create profiles because I guess it didn't have profiles before. Uh, so I had yeah. to add, you know, me and uh, whoever else was on there. And then I like went back to the app and signed in again. And now everything is there. Profiles are there just like when you open up Netflix or Hulu or something. And bam, good to go. Check out those links in show notes. You can decipher the HBO Go now and Max <laughs> all there on AppleInsider.com. It's a couple other news bits. Apple announced that it is opening 100 stores here in the United States. 
And so if you go to that link on appleinsider.com, it tells you how many in each state. I believe actually one in Florida, the Brandon one close to me, I might uh, try to visit that next week. Some of them may only be open for like curbside style pickup. The Brandon one is in a, a mall, so I imagine it's just kind of storefront pickup or help. Not sure how many will have access into the store. But if you had a device locked in there that you might have checked into like Genius Bar that you had being repaired or whatever, hopefully you'll be able to pick it up very soon. Some of them might even be open now. I stopped by mine actually yesterday. Oh, yeah. Just to see what was going on. And it's uh, it's very interesting. So they're doing just the storefront side of things where you can have Genius Bar appointments, uh, in-store pickups, all of that. They had multiple queues outside. So this isn't in a mall. So they had multiple queues outside the store keep everyone, you know, six feet apart. Right. They had security guards actually wearing masks and gloves to kind of maintain order in those lines. And they had three to five at different times employees just kind of outside the store, all standing kind of apart and, you know, talking and checking on people and checking them in and everything. And then there was obviously a reduced staff in the stores as they, and it was just, you know, completely empty except for like the few employees and then they'd bring you in and do whatever. But it was all very quick and, yeah, very very clean and orderly. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, so you could check out that. Another piece of news, macOS 10.15.5 came out, uh, the newest version of macOS Catalina. There's some bug fixes and performance improvements. There's also the FaceTime priority video where if you want to set it where all the videos are the same size or whoever's talking enlarges. And another feature that came out now officially with this is the battery health management. So the battery health management has been on iOS for a while. And on iOS, you can go to your settings and battery, and it will tell you your battery health, which includes like a maximum capacity. Because as you know, any any kind of lithium ion battery is going to degrade over time, lose its ability to hold a charge. On iOS, you get that optimized battery charging, which meaning it won't go up to 100 right away and just leave it at 100 while it's plugged in, say, overnight. It'll try to limit that to increase the longevity of your battery life. It also tells you the maximum capacity, which I was curious. I don't know if you know your maximum capacity, if you could see <laughs> where your iPhone battery is right now. Mine's at 96% maximum capacity. And my uh, OCD, that bothers me a little bit. So on macOS now with the newest Catalina update 10.15.5, In system preferences, if you go to Energy Saver, there is now the battery health button that has appeared. It does not give you that maximum capacity percentage, which I'm kind of glad it doesn't because then that would just give me uh, more stress about my max battery and and how that's doing. (laughs) So it doesn't give you that maximum capacity. All it is is a checkbox where you can say, yes, do the battery health management. This is I'm reading right now from the system preferences window. As your battery ages, peak capacity is reduced to extend battery lifespan. And so with this enabled, if you have your Mac laptop plugged into power, it might not get to 100% as fast as it could because the laptop is now trying to limit how long it spends on that topped off, fully charged and still plugged in state, which is what degrades your battery. So if you update to the latest macOS Catalina, you can go to the system preferences, energy saver, and check that battery health management, and hopefully it will elongate the battery life on your Mac. So tell me, what's your capacity on your iPhone, Andrew? Mine is also at 97%. So I got the iPhone 11 Pro on launch day, 
I feel like I checked the maximum capacity like a couple days later and it was already at like 99%. (laughs) So I don't know. I think I I just need to ignore it. I just don't even look at it. Well, so I believe Apple does say you should be at about, from what I've been told in stores before, is that your battery health should pretty much degrade roughly like 20% over a two-year lifespan. So that's what you should see, about 20% drop from first month to 24 months later. So if you break that down, you know, what I can't even do the math in my head, but roughly like two thirds of percentage okay. each month, something like that is what you should be over the course of your lifespan. So 97%, not too bad. So next piece of news, I, this is just, I thought it was funny. It's a rumor about the iPhone 12 that the iPhone 12 will integrate the lightning port like the iPhone 11 instead of USB-C. I think Wesley is just trolling me on the Apple Insider website <laughs> by posting this article. But you and I had this debate, you know, will USB-C ever come to the iPhone? And according to these leaks, probably not. That it will go portless or some kind of smart connector instead of doing USB-C. So our gentleman's bet I might be losing it before this phone even comes out. I know. I won't. I will hold off on my parade. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I've been saying this for a while, so I'm I'm not surprised. You stayed consistent. You stayed consistent. So the last piece of official news I wanted to talk about, it was actually late last week, I think, after the last show, but that Apple is hunting for a podcast chief to lead original content. So last week, you and I actually talked about Joe Rogan and his deal with Spotify and what that could mean for podcasting. And this has been kind of all over the podcasting sphere. If you listen to any of the, the tech guys, you know, Marco Arment had a, a long tirade about this, you know, and some angry tweets. <laughs> uh, but there's been a lot of thoughts about this Joe Rogan deal. And we were kind of saying this might not be great for podcasting. And it was actually, I think, right after the podcast came out last week that this article was posted that Apple was looking for a chief to lead original content. Now, obviously, we don't have any hard details about this, but it would be different if they are creating Apple original shows that are then available everywhere, or if they create shows that are only available in the Apple Podcasts app. If it's anything like the Apple TV content they've been producing, Apple has been strangely open with that, even allowing Apple TV as an app. Remember, there's like 18 different Apple TVs. You got the hardware, you got the app, you got the service. But the app and service is available on smart TVs and other devices. So they are not locking their Apple TV content to their platform. So I am hoping that if Apple does do original podcasts, that they're just open podcasts, not subscription-based like what Spotify and Joe Rogan is doing, which again, Joe Rogan's show on Spotify, it is not a subscription thing. It's not like you have to pay to listen to Joe Rogan. You just have to do it on Spotify come the end of this year. Remains to be seen what Apple does with this. I'm all for Apple making great original content podcasts, but I would love to see them continue the openness of podcasts that they've really promoted for years and years. So more details on that, hopefully in the coming months. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. No, I entirely agree. I, I kind of think that Apple's going to go the more open route. The podcast app is solid, but it's not you know the best by any means. No. And I think a- Apple's constantly promoting other podcast apps in the app store and everything. So I, I feel like they have a, a good handle on podcast. And I, I think they understand that trying to force every like, no, the point of that would almost be to like make everyone just use the podcast app, which is not no, yeah. a good thing. Like <laughs> that doesn't do anything. Like yeah. why? That's just mean. So I feel like I mean I use it, but I mean I feel like that's just mean. So you use the stock podcast app, huh? Yeah, mostly just out of for no real reason. It's just easy to use and 
I just go back to because I don't do anything fancy. Hmm. I don't like change the speeds or really do anything. I literally just get into my car and they automatically play. It's got CarPlay and stuff in there and just picks up. And usually like Apple's links, you know, open up right automatically in the podcast app. So I just kind of leave it be. It is nice too, especially, you know, if you have a HomePod and other AirPlays type things, the, the mm-hmm. podcast definitely integrates better with that and with the Apple Watch. But I personally use Pocket Casts for my podcast playing. I love the app. You know, you can set things like skip the first 30 seconds of this specific podcast whenever it starts playing. And you can set that like skip intro. You can set what the skip forward and back buttons do. So you can set it to, you know, 90 seconds or two minutes if you want your skip forward button to be that. And the way you can manage like your up next list, like, you know, what episode plays next and the customizations per episode. You could say, you know, when a new podcast comes out for Apple Insider, that podcast goes to the top of my up next list where it will be played next, regardless of what else was in there. Or if you have a podcast that you get to when you want, but it's not something you listen to regularly, you can say put that at the bottom of the list when it comes out. So I like the Pocket Cast app. I know a ton of people use Overcast. That's actually the second most used app Mm -hmm. for our listeners on Apple Insider. It's the stock podcast app first, and then Overcast. Overcast, again, by Marco Arment, who I mentioned before about podcasting. So listeners, let us know what podcast player you use. We know a lot of you use Overcast if you do. Let us know. Tweet at us at Andrew or I. If you use something else, maybe use Castro or maybe you use Pocket Cast like I do. Yeah, let us know. This episode is brought to you by Clean My Mac X. Clean My Mac X is a beautifully designed application for managing clutter on your Mac. It shows you exactly what is stored on your Mac, revealing app leftovers and system junk that you didn't know existed in your system. And you might have heard me talk about Clean My Mac X once before, but I absolutely love this application. I was looking for one specifically that would allow me to delete applications and uncover all those hidden files and helper files and application support. So I know everything in that application when I delete it leaves my system. I was looking just for that one feature, but I found Clean My Mac X and it does so much more. It's a beautiful application, but this is also a powerful application. The app's most popular feature is the smart scan. It examines your system for system log files and user cache that is no longer needed. And it also does a quick malware check and runs optimization tasks to speed up your Mac. And it only takes a couple seconds. It's designed for macOS 10.10 and higher. And CleanMyMac X even helps to speed up older machines. The maintenance feature offers multiple tweaks to optimize a slow system. And among all these benefits, it's a super straightforward installation. It takes just a couple minutes to install the app on your Mac and you'll be ready to go with a smart scan instantly. There's even a trial mode which allows you to try all the app's features for free and then decide whether it works for you. I love this application and I have it on my Mac that I'm recording on right now. So visit macpaw.com slash podcast. That's M-A-C-P-A-W dot com slash podcast to download Clean My Mac X today and use the coupon code Apple Insider, all one word, to receive 5% off. When you visit macpaw.com slash podcast, click the buy now button, then scroll to the bottom of your screen to enter the promo code Apple Insider, all one word, before completing the purchase. And Clean My Mac X is also now available in the Apple App Store. So go to macpaw.com slash podcast, get Clean My Mac X today, and use the promo code Apple Insider to receive 5% off. Our thanks to MacPaw and Clean My Mac X for sponsoring this show. 
All right, so I wanted to do a segment on some accessories. Uh, we have some reviews that we're going to talk about in a minute that Andrew has done about some adapters and, and dongles and things like that. But as you were putting those links together, I was like, you know what? I want to talk about some of the things in my bag. So this is a what's in your bag segment. I also want to say what bag I use because um, I don't know if this is a weird term, but I'm kind of a bag guy. Like I'm kind of into <laughs> what bag works No, best. that's a thing. Yes. I totally agree. I mean, I buy a lot of bags. Yes, I've gone through a lot. And so I finally landed currently, I'm using a backpack from eBags. It was a deal, like it's originally like 100 or $120 and I got a deal for 60 or 70 and it's really made with a lot of pockets for cables and dongles and some like interesting like front pockets where you can put chargers and it's just really useful with all the different cables and stuff that I carry. So I'll put a link in show notes with that e-bags bag that I have. But I want to talk about a couple of the accessories that I carry with me all the time and uh, you know hear from you, Andrew, as well, some of the things that you carry. So I have three, which sounds like overkill, but I have three hyper USB-C docks slash dongles. I'm not sure what you would call these. These are the kind of hyper things that attach to the side of your MacBook or iPad. And Hyper makes these great uh, USB-C dongles. It's the Hyper Drive line. And so I have one specifically for my iPad Pro. And I like this one because it has these little lips that actually grab the edge of the iPad and it feels much more secure than just having a USB-C dongle that does not. Because I had one that didn't and, and it Felt a little wonky. So I have the the Hyper one that's made for iPad. It's got the USB-C for charging on the dock, but also HDMI, SD card, micro SD, USB-A, and a headphone adapter, which I do like because sometimes I need to record something analog audio-wise and I like to get that headphone out. Or I just want to use a nice pair of headphones uh, with my iPad. So I have that version of the HyperDrive for my iPad. And then I was rocking for a long time the 7-in-1 HyperDrive for my MacBook Pro. This is the one that has two USB-C ports, so it kind of feels more secure in the side of the MacBook, which I really like. And this one has HDMI, two Thunderbolt 3s, two USB-As, and then an SD card and micro SD card slot. So I've rocked that one for a while, but then I was coming to uh, the studio to record, and I really wanted to plug in Ethernet, and I left my one... USB-C to Ethernet dongle at home. So I was like, okay, well, I have to find another solution for this. And so I just recently got the 6-in-1 Hyper, again, dock or dongle, whatever you want to call it, that includes the Ethernet port on the end. And so that one has some USB-A, got Thunderbolt, HDMI, and then an Ethernet jack on the top of it. And the Ethernet is a little weird on this Hyper. You, you pop it up. It's kind of this manual click popping thing up and the Ethernet goes in, it's, it doesn't pop solidly into the right size, so it's a little finicky, uh, but it's working. Uh, plug the Ethernet in, and I have connections, so, so I got that one. And I like the, all these Hyper ones, too, because they also have this, like, status light that when you plug it in, it kind of lights up, lets you know that it's active and working. So it's pretty cool. So the Hyper ones I carry everywhere. I have a bunch of USB-C cables. I have USB-C to lightning. And when it comes to cables... I don't know if you know what happened to this company. There used to be a company called This Is Ground, which was like a leather accessory and cases company. Uh, they used to make something called the Mod for iPad, and I had a bunch of their products. Their website is like down, and they haven't been active on Twitter for a long time. So I'm not exactly sure what happened to This Is Ground. 
Uh, there's some other companies that are like them. Uh, there's one in London. I'll put a link to show notes to the one I found, but uh, they made these things called cord tacos, which is like these little leather circles with a button on it. And you can roll up a cable, put this taco on it, button it, and it keeps your cable nice and organized and together. And so I have a bunch of these cord tacos that are uh, covering all my cables and stuff to keep those organized. So they're not uh, everywhere. So I have a bunch of those. I do have some USB-C to USB-A adapters, just little adapters. These are from Anchor. If you go on Amazon, you can find a bunch of them. I mean, you can find some for 10 bucks. You can find like five for $20, you know. It's nice just to have a little USB-C to USB-A adapter. If you need it quickly in a pinch, you're doing with a, a flash drive or something. So I have a few of those. And then the final accessory that I'll mention, this is something that I got because I do some live production environments uh, where we use video, like a video LED wall and some projection. And I needed to run multiple displays. Again, this is one of the reasons why I have 16-inch MacBook Pro now is for that graphics power when I have to run multiple displays and 4K and such. And so I was looking for something that gave me multiple displays, 4K from Thunderbolt 3. And, you know, all these, the Hyperdrive ones, they have HDMI ports, but it's only one. And you can get just USB-C to HDMI. They don't all support different 4Ks and stuff. I wanted to be able to two displays from one port. And I didn't want to use a dongle or a dock because again, in a live production environment, you try to limit the points of failure between your computer and whatever it is you're running. And so again, I'll put a link to show notes in this, but I got the, it's called a Sabrent, S-A-B-R-E-N-T. It's a Thunderbolt 3 to dual HDMI adapters, and it can run two 4K monitors uh, at 60 Hertz from a single Thunderbolt 3 port on your laptop or computer. And so it's a little chunky, it's pretty big, but I have used this in a live production environment and I've been able to run an LED wall and a second uh, TV as kind of like a stage display or a confidence monitor, you might call it. And it was able to run it from this one adapter and it was solid. You know, I ran a two hour show and didn't get any drops, nothing flickered and it was pretty solid. So it's not something I use all the time, but if you do need to uh, run multiple displays and you're trying to just use one port on your Mac and you need something solid, uh, this Sabrent uh, has worked for me really well. It's $90 on Amazon and I'll put a link to it in show notes, but a pretty useful accessory there. This show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You've heard me talk before about how important it is to have a VPN, especially one that protects your privacy and security and one that you can trust. I do research on all my sponsors, and this one is the best VPN on the market. ExpressVPN is super fast. It doesn't log your data. I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Some other cheap VPNs, they make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN is trustworthy and does not do that. They have a developed technology called Trusted Server, and it makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. And it is the fastest VPN I've ever used. Other VPNs can slow down and make it difficult to stream video. But when using ExpressVPN, your internet speeds will stay blazing fast. And I can connect to thousands of servers miles away and can stream HD quality videos with zero lag. And something else that sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. You don't have to input or program anything. You open the app on your iPhone, your iPad, and even your Mac can live in your menu bar. You click one button and you're connected to ExpressVPN. 
It's incredibly easy to use, and we're not the only ones that say it. Wired, CNET, The Verge, and many other tech journals rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use our link, expressvpn.com slash Apple Insider today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Apple Insider and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Apple Insider to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this show. I have a large bag. I have a lot of bags. We just talked about, I like pack bags and stuff around here. But the probably the ones that I go with most often are my Peak Design bags. Oh, yeah. I've got a couple of those um, that I've just collected over the years. I started out with a Messenger bag from them many, many years ago. I switched to their everyday backpack mm-hmm. for CES because I didn't want it swinging around my arm so much. And then I also picked up larger trips or uh, weekend stuff. I picked up the Peak Design pack. has a bunch of like packing cubes that you can also go in it. Mm. I just I just love these bags like a lot. <laughs> They're just so cleverly designed. They have so many small features there. They have anchor points all over them. They have spots for, you know, cameras to mount and attach to. They're ridiculously comfortable. I just can't say enough nice things about these bags. They're just absolutely phenomenal. So I do use a lot of times the Peak Design pack if I'm like the travel bag or something, if I'm going for a couple days and I have several packing cubes for one for toiletries, another one, there's like a tech pouch right. that is just perfect, all of my stuff. So I just have that thing full of, you know, cables and adapters or whatever it is that, um you know, just kind of normal run of the mill stuff that I always try to have around like three in one cables or weird stuff like that. So that's the bag that I use. I also usually, I mean, I'm a photographer, a videographer, so I usually travel with a tripod. So I use the Peak Design Travel Tripod. We did a review that, a review of that on AI. It's just so compact. I picked up the carbon fiber version, so it's more lightweight. Mm-hmm. And it's just an amazing tripod for anyone. It even has a built-in like iPhone mount. So you can just pop it up and clip in your iPhone there for some you know, long exposure shots or whatever you want to do. So great tripod there. Other camera equipment, I've got my Nikon Z7, uh, and I sometimes take my wife's Z6, but the Z6 also has better video capabilities. So sometimes I use that. So I, okay, I have <laughs> one or two cameras in my bag, and then I'll have like, you know, extra, a whole bunch of extra batteries and XQD card as well, an XQD card reader or a CF Express two cards and a card reader. I drink a lot of water, so I often pack a Yeti on the side, my Peak Design bag has ridiculously large pockets, so it's really easy to slide. Um, just like a Yeti bottle in there, and they're so strong, so they hold up when I'm like throwing them around outside and stuff inadvertently. Um, I usually have my AirPods Pro with me, whether they're just in my pocket or something, but then I have mm-hmm. in my bag, I take my Master and Dynamic MW65 headphones. They're like over-the-ear noise-canceling. Sometimes I just don't want the earbuds. I just want something a little more bigger and comfortable and not in my ear. So those are what I rely on for cables. Mine are all nomad cables. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their new ones have like Kevlar woven in them and they've got a great warranty. If the pins should go bad and stuff, they'll just swap them out. Uh, They're just reliable and they have a couple of ones that are really cool, like an extra long USB-C cable, like a really long one, which is perfect for charging my iPad or my Mac from like long distances. They're just great. So I have those as well as a couple of their jumper cables, which are like 12 inch cables. 
and there's just plain ones, and then there's ones that have like multi tips on the end, so you can just change the tips to USB C or Lightning or micro USB. So lots of different options, and they can be pretty helpful. I rely on a lot of times uh, doing video editing on the go. I'll use my T7 SSD, Samsung T7 SSD, USB C. I bring my Moment lenses quite frequently. I'll toss those in. I have a pack for those. I like to shoot on my phone sometimes, so it's always handy to have just a pile of lenses mm. available if I all of a sudden see something I want to shoot, if I'm planning it or not planning it. Those go on to my Nomad Moment case. It's like a rugged case with like the Moment mount for the lenses. Right. The last couple things that I bring as far... So I usually travel with either my MacBook or my iPad, but more recently it's my iPad Pro rather than my MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't have a lot of dongles and adapters and USB-C hubs or anything like that. At my desk, I have the CalDigit TS3 Plus, and I'll like dock into that. But on the go, the only thing I really take is Apple's like digital AV USB-C adapter that has like an HDMI, USB-A port, right. and then the USB-C port. Right. And I use that on either my Mac or my iPad. I know there are a million of them out there, but I just never use them like at all. But I always like <laughs> need them. So I'm like, I'm at CES and somebody gives me a flash drive with PR material. They don't email it to me. They just give me a USB-A flash drive. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. I guess I'll pull out my adapter to read your flash drive. So <laughs> there are times like that where I need to use it. But for the most part, I never use it. I've switched all my cables, all my microphones, chargers, the you know card readers, everything is Type-C or Thunderbolt. So I don't really need to use too many adapters so i don't i don't really bring any of those but for charging and power on the go i use the zendur battery pack they have um two different ones they have this just the massive battery so they have a charger and it's like a multi-charger so it's like the anchor ones or the aki ones that is has like four usb ports on it but instead of stacking it vertically which never made sense to me because you put them in vertically and the thing just always falls over because you never like use that thing like face up yeah. use it sideways and all your all your cables are twisted sideways which just bothers me so this one from them is actually like a which i think makes so much more sense and all your cable your cables go in sideways and it's got two usb a ports and two usb c ports it's called the super port four i think or the power port super port something like that but it has a 100 watt usb c output which is great because that can wow. charge like you know in the 16 inch macbook pro at more than full speed. I mean, it can it tops out at right. what ninety six watts. So this is more power there. In total, it can do like one hundred and twenty nine or something hmm. between all of the ports. But I mean, that's just an incredible amount of power there. Then it's got a second port, which is like thirty watts or something, uh, and then the two USB A ports, which are also fast charging ports. So a lot of power coming out of this thing. But the one hundred watt is not just like say you don't have you know a, a six inch MacBook Pro and you're using like thirteen inch MacBook Pro or something. You don't need that crazy 100 watts of power, right? But it is pretty useful if you have their battery pack. So I have their Super Tank battery, which is a 27,000 milliamp hour battery. Again, four USB ports, two USB-C and two USB-A. But this thing can accept 100 watts of power. So this is the largest battery you can take on a plane, that 27,000 milliamp hour. And charging up one of those batteries over even like a 30 watt or something is a slow process because it's a huge battery but it is not slow when you have 100 watts of input power right it's like a perfect pairing with this because now i have 
this huge battery that can charge my MacBook at full speed. Like this has a hundred watt output too, by the way, the battery. Goodness. So I can charge, you know, my MacBook, my MacBook and my iPad at ridiculous speeds while on the go. And that's where I usually am. I'm usually somewhere where I don't have power. I'm at traders where I need power. I'm always needing power. So this battery has just been reliable. It's, you know, not too large. It feels really good. It's got a display on there. It's got a low power mode to charge like my Apple watch and everything without any issues. Really great battery pack, the super tank, and then the su- the power port, I think, or super port is the charger that I use to go along with it. And that pretty much keeps me uh, powered up for any of my trips I do. And so you're, the 100 watt one you're talking about is like this desktop one? You call it a desktop charger. It's a multi-charger. So, I mean, it's whatever you, right. I put a uh, leather strap around the end. I grabbed one of those 12 South. Right. I don't know what they call them, power snaps or something, but I just put that around the cable. So yeah, I think they, they call it a desktop charger. But it, it fits into my little tech pouch on my bag. I unplug the power cable, fold it up, and put the leather wrap around it and toss that in and then slide this in the side, and I just take it with me. So the, the one thing I forgot to mention, and I will now, and I totally messed up all the hyper hub <laughs> <laughs> numbers, so just go to the links and show notes because I, I apparently they're not the 6-in-1s and 7-in-1s. It's like 7-in-2. <laughs> There's a bunch of different ones. So check out uh, those show notes for all the hyper stuff. But the other hyper product that I have is the Hyper Juice Charger. And so they advertise it as the world's first 100-watt GAN charger, which is you know this technology that you can get a much smaller charging block and still get the 100 watts of power. That's what I have. It is not available to buy right now. I backed the Kickstarter. Uh, it was shipped to me a couple months ago. I love this thing. It's actually what's powering my MacBook Pro right now. It's a very small, compact. The plug just folds in and out. And so there's no extra cable you need except you know what's going from the charger to your device. It has little prongs built in and it has two USB-C chargers and two USB-As. I just love how compact it is and it still provides 100 watts of power so it can power my MacBook Pro no problem. Uh, it gets a little hot, so that's a little like meh. So is it a is it a hundred watt total, or is there a hundred, a single one hundred watt output? So the two USB C ports both can give you a hundred watts. Okay. And then the two USB A ports give you eighteen watts. Do you know what the maximum um, like the total output is? Don't know. Because I so I know on the super port. It's 136 watts of output. So you can get 96 watts from that first port and then you know more from the second port. As long as you're under that 136 total, it'll still output like full power. So if you have something like 60 watts and 60 watts, like you can charge full speed on both. But I'm curious at what the total uh, watt output is on that guy. The max total power output of the Hyperdrive charger is 100 watts. Okay. Our intelligent power system will spread the power around so that each device gets maximum power. In total, cannot exceed 100 watts. Okay, so GAN makes it smaller, but this super port here can do more output. Gotcha, okay. Which I think, because if I'm, if I'm charging, it's important for me when I'm charging that battery. Like, a lot of times I don't have a lot of time to charge up that battery. Right. So if I can sit there and plug in that 100 watt power and power that at 100 watts, and I still have... 36 watts left to charge my iPad and my iPhone for sure at fast speeds. That's a big deal. All right, let's 
kind of round out the show here. You had put a bunch of reviews that had gone up on appleinsider.com in the past week. Some more adapters and dongles and things like that. Yeah, so we won't spend a lot of time on all these things, and you guys can just take the names and go look them up on our website and uh, read the full reviews for any that are specifically interesting. We'll put them in the show notes too. But starting out, we had the Moshi Iongo 5K Duo. This is another little battery pack. I thought it was really cool because they're it's wrapped in like a vegan leather. It's very soft and feels very different from your normal battery pack. It's not all plastic. It's not uh, like cold metal. It's it feels more comfortable to carry. It's only a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, so it's smaller. But it does have two outputs. So there's an integrated USB-C cable and an integrated lightning cable. And the lightning cable can power up at like Apple's fast charge. So like whatever that comes out to 50% in 15 minutes or something, it can charge at that rate. So it's really fast for on the go. You can charge the battery itself up using USB-C. I just love that it's a small compact device. It easily fits in your pocket or your hand. And it has those cables integrated. And Moshi's got like this ridiculously long warranty, I think like a 10 year warranty or something on all of his gear when you register them. So I always appreciate that. So I thought this was a really unique battery that had some you know, solid features there. So I like that a lot. And then we had the USB-C adapter from Moshi, which is just a really simple USB-C cable or adapter that has a USB-C port and an HDMI on there. It'll do 4K at 60 hertz. It's made out of aluminum, uh, that kind of usual thing and it's offset which is helpful for on your mac because usually they're like mm-hmm. wide and then you'll stick them in and it'll block the USB-C port next to it this is offset right. so it'll actually go in and keep that other port clear so you can charge your laptop at up to 60 watts and then you have 4k hdr output at 60 hertz so a nice little adapter there for your mac or your ipad then we had the charge tree from stm we see a lot of multi-chargers. Those are pretty common these days. And usually what we see is a wireless charging pad with two spots on it and then a Apple Watch dock either tucked onto the back or floating above it. We see it from, from everyone, Anchor and Belkin and uh, literally pretty much everyone has something like this. Charge Tree is different because it does all three of those. It does your Apple Watch, it does your AirPods, and it does your iPhone, but it does it vertically so it's actually a stand that props up your phone set your phone into there you can see it while it's charging wirelessly work sideways to watch videos perfect around the back like behind it on the bottom there's a small little pad for airpods or airpods pro and then on top is the apple watch charger so it really combines everything together in a nice vertical shape it looks nice and sleek and i just love how much less space it takes up than other multi-device chargers new UAG Urban Armor Gear Apple Watch bands. So they've updated their bands with some new silicone options. There's like the Civilian Series and the Scout Series. They look really cool, and I like them because they're like the silicone bands, but they're integrating actual buckles. So they're supposed to be more durable and rugged and not come off compared to Apple's bands. So Apple's bands are, are their sport bands are good. They're nice. Everyone, a lot of people like them. They have some great colors. But if you're doing something extreme like surfing, there's always the chance that that's going to get knocked off just because it's being held on just by that one little pin there. So these actually have custom stainless steel buckles on there that'll hold them in. And they do have a tuck for the back of the. I like the tucks better than having like the loops there to to put it under. So I think that's more more comfortable for me. So two new bands from them. They look really nice. We had pad and quill leather cuff. I think it's called like the cafe cuff for Apple watch. These are just again, really unique and different. There's not a lot of cuff style bands. 
they're very much in these the oversized watches are in cuffs are in they've had these out for a while and they basically just kind of updated these a new version they've improved them from their previous cuff designs by adding like a second layer of leather on the back which makes them not stretch mm. and hold up a little bit better over time the first ones were still pricey and there there was it was just raw leather on the back and i liked it but over time like the the one end of the band would stretch out a little bit too much and that bothered me it's hard to describe in here i put pictures in the review but it would get like stuck in a weird spot because of the the way that it was wrapped around i know that makes no sense to listen to but they fixed that <laughs> okay. by adding the backing here they fixed my problem and that is all you need Very to know good. so the updated cafe leather cuff for apple watch from pat and quill it's a great option there hybrid drive another USB-C portable docking kind of situation for your MacBook. If you're always looking for new ones of those, we've seen from Hyper and Satechi and a million others out there. And I know those are always really, really popular. So if you're looking for another one to check out, Hybrid, Hybrid Drive is really great. Adds uh, storage and stuff to your Mac. Uh, USB-C, it's a very cool device. Yeah, what I thought was interesting about that too, real quick, was it actually has an SSD built in. Mm-hmm. And so if you want an external hard drive, I think you can get it up to a terabyte. It's actually built into this hub that you can attach to your MacBook. So anyway, if you were looking for an SSD and a hub and some extra ports, uh, this is an interesting solution, especially if you wanted to use an external SSD with maybe an iPad Pro. Uh, There's a picture of an R review kind of connected to that. Uh, Might be pretty useful. So again, yeah, all these links in show notes, you can check those out. Yeah, I definitely like it. I mean, I wish that it would, I wish the storage was a little faster, mm-hmm. but it is really nice just to have everything integrated together in that, you know, one little adapter on yeah. there, keeping things simple. I guess the last review that we want to talk about is Level Lock. Yes, I did. And I was excited about it. Been debating about the August, and then I saw this news come out, and you had actually officially reviewed it. Yes, we did. Um, we won't go into all the details for a certain reason, but Level Lock is an invisible smart lock. It goes inside of your door, keeps your existing deadbolt and hardware and everything, literally just hides inside the door, works over Bluetooth, and exclusively through HomeKit. Very easy to use. It doesn't change the appearance of your door at all. So basically, you're just kind of upgrading it, adding these smart lock capabilities. It's a really, really cool lock. But I'm pretty sure we talked about this already somewhere. (laughs) Yes, we did. And so we are excited to announce after we have done some several HomeKit segments on here, the main Apple Insider podcast that you get every week. Andrew and I have now started a HomeKit Insider podcast with Apple Insider, and it'll be available every week. And you'll be able to get the first episode actually next week. On the first episode, I believe we talk about the Logitech and I talk about some of my car experience. It's just great because every week you're going to hear about the new HomeKit products that are going to be coming out. You can hear about some of the projects that Andrew and I have been doing in our own homes. And we'll also be reviewing a lot of the products that are coming out. And so you can learn about them before you uh, jump in. So yeah, really excited about having that launch. I am so excited. We've already recorded the first two episodes now. We have already gotten through and I'm excited. I mean, there's so much stuff to talk about. We have to already try to limit ourselves, I feel like, to (laughs) our, you know, without just rambling too long about things. There's just so much stuff, you know, hitting the news and new releases and doing more in-depth reviews. So actually for Level Lock, uh, in episode two, we talk a lot more in depth about level lock, its pros and cons, going into more of an in-depth review there, and then comparing it to the August smart lock, the the new Wi-Fi enabled lock uh, that August launched. Really excited for a new HomeKit Insider, a new Apple Insider podcast. 
That's right. And it will be launching. As you listen to this, it might already be launched, but it's going to be coming out Monday. That's Monday, June 1st. Look at that. I didn't realize it was going to be coming out on the 1st. So Monday, June 1st. Look at that. You'll be able to get that podcast. So look for that. Look for the article that goes up on appleinsider.com. And it's going to come out every week on Monday. And you can hear just all about HomeKit products, projects, tips. If you have any questions and suggestions that you're looking for, we're going to be covering those too. You can tweet at us. Tweet with the hashtag HomeKitInsider. And we'll look for that hashtag every week and answer questions you might have about HomeKit products or projects, tips. We're going to be talking about shortcuts and automation and all like the triggering and all that kind of stuff in addition to the specific products. So we're excited about this. It's all about HomeKit coming out June 1st. I know, and I don't have any real details to share yet, but we are going to be doing some giveaways too, some good giveaways. So if that is enticing at all to make you guys listen through us. That's right. There you go. That's awesome. So check out HomeKit Insider. It's coming out June 1st. Subscribe, give that podcast a five-star rating when it comes out, and we would appreciate another five-star rating and review here for the main news Apple Insider podcast. Links and show notes to everything, and we'll add the link to the show notes to the HomeKit Insider podcast once that launches. Keep your eyes on appleinsider.com, and you'll see all those announcements. We'd love to hear your feedback. Again, questions for this podcast or specific HomeKit questions. We'd love to cover those on HomeKit Insider. Andrew and mine Twitter handles are in the show notes. Check it out there. You can also email us, and that email address is also in the show notes, or comment on the post when it goes up. We're excited. Check out that HomeKit Insider next week. And thanks for tuning in here to the Apple Insider Podcast. We'll catch you next time.